sends life-giving water messages, where I expound upon the Word of God, and through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and I am bringing to you today part four of a six-part worship series entitled God With Us, with today's message specifically entitled God With the Shepherds, the Dismissed, based off of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Let us dive into the Word today. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven! and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what they had uh, what, what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Amen. The seasons of Advent and Christmas show us that God takes side characters and transforms them into main characters. The shepherds, who were often dismissed, play a prominent role in proclaiming the message of Emmanuel, God with us. In the world of sports, when an underdog is victorious, it's known as an upset. Here's a list of five of sports' biggest upsets. In 1980 Olympics, Lake Placid, USA defeats Russia in hockey 4-3. A ragtag group of Americans defeats the Russian team that had dominated the sport for 15 years. In 1990, heavyweight title match Buster Douglas uh, defeats Mike Tyson. Now, Mike Tyson uh, or Buster Douglas was the 42 to one underdog, and yet he dominated the undefeated Mike Tyson and knocked him out in the tenth round. 2000 uh, Olympics in Sydney, an American farm boy. Rulon Gardner defeats Russian Alexander Karolin in wrestling one to nothing. Karolin hadn't lost a match in 13 years, and no one had scored a point on him in six years. Now, uh, in 2008, the Giants beat 
the Patriots in the uh, 17 to 14 in the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl number 42. Now, this is my favorite one because A, I watched this, and B, uh, it's the Giants who are my favorite team. And, uh, and I take quite, uh, <clears throat> quite, uh, pride in the fact that we have beaten the Patriots twice out of the three times that they lost in the Super Bowl. So anyway, the 2008 Giants beat the Patriots 17-14 to in Super Bowl 42. Patriots were looking to become the only team to go 19-0 and in the league's history. In facing the wildcard Giants, it looked like it was going to happen. In the end, the Patriots had 18 wins and one giant loss. And I remember that, that that wild card game. And because of that, the Giants beat... Uh, be, because of that, the Giants ended up going into the playoffs, ended up making it all the way through the playoffs, and ended up going to play the Patriots in the Super Bowl, where, again, they were expected to lose, and yet they won. So that's two giant losses for the Patriots in 2008-2009. Anyway, uh, finally, horse racing. Uh, Manowar loses his first race. Manowar was 20-0. and 0. He was undefeated. In his 21st race, a 100-to-1 underdog beat him. The name of the horse that beat him, ironically, is Upset. <laughs> and that is just in the world of sports. Now, underdog stories are the greatest We've all seen those stories. We've all seen those stories of the underdog. Um, when an undiscovered athlete wins a, a competition or, or the game for the, their team, or when a small-town singer makes it big. But there are more than just those opportunities for us, as most of us are aware that we're probably never going to make it big or famous. We have an opportunity to do something even more significant and with more import than anything this world has to offer. We who are not known or famous, we who are seemingly unknown and to, to most and are seemingly insignificant, we have an opportunity to be a part of the most awesome revolution the world has seen and that is the divine revolution that started with Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who is God himself in the flesh, and his campaign to bring heaven on earth for all eternity. The Christmas story moves the shepherds from the outskirts to the center of the story. The shepherds in ancient Palestine had a bad reputation. They were rough men, and sometimes, actually, they were known to be thieves. They were not your temple-going kind of guys. Now, because they lived outside with the sheep, they likely wouldn't even be able to go to the temple, as they would have been considered unclean. Yet the shepherds did essential work, as sheep were most important sources of milk, meat, and wool and also an essential part of Jewish worship at the temple in Jerusalem. Despite their loneliness, God chooses to send the message of the birth of the King of Heaven on earth to and through the shepherds 
and not to the elite religious or political rulers. No one, no one is too lowly, too insignificant, too powerless, too forgotten, or too anything for for God to love, or for God to include in doing the important work of sharing God's message. The shepherds only receive a small glimpse of what Jesus will bring. They didn't know about his teaching, miracles, or the death or the death and resurrection, but they responded when God called them to go share the news of the baby's birth. Now this was a this was a first step into a deeper relationship with God and those they would share the message with like Mary, who treasured their words and pondered them. They blessed the very mother of Jesus. The shepherds, filled with hope from their encounter with Jesus, went back into the dark of the night, rejoicing and praising God. They they returned to the place they had started. Now that night, did not end their experience of darkness or take away their troubles. It was still there waiting for them that night. But the shepherds had received an invitation to seek out Jesus and encounter him. This encounter changed them. And in turn, changed those with whom they shared the news. Who in turn stepped out to find Jesus for themselves. We, like the shepherds, are offered the same message that God is near. God is with us. How are we taking part in sharing the good news of Christmas? Maybe you think you're too old, or too young, or too shy, or not religious enough, but God invites you to seek out Jesus and share him with others too. Think about the ways in which you could invite people to Jesus. You could invite folks to church. You could visit people who you know are lonely or in need. You know, that's not only the pastor's job. In fact, it is just as much, if not more so, the church members' responsibilities. Pastors, they come and they go. But people in the church have known each other for years and years and years, and when somebody no longer can come or somebody's down and out and needs needs care, what better for that to come from the ones who have known you and loved you your whole life? And of course, it's important for the pastor too as well. Um, it's a big part of what I do as a pastor, no doubt, is visit people who are in, in need of my visit. Um, but with that said, you know, it is all of our job to do that. We could step up and volunteer at Treasures of Hope, at Mana House, or at Benny's Bodega. We could actively look for missional opportunities around our community. 
Consider also how God might be working through those you have dismissed to show you something about who God is and where God is with you. As a church, as a church, we can learn something valuable from the shepherd's experience. What would it look like if everyone said yes to God's invitation to share the good news without worrying whether they are powerful or smart or important, etc., whether they are any of those things enough? How can we and are we listening to and empowering the dismissed among us and in our community, do we even know who the dismissed are? Let us, like the shepherds, show up to God's invitation to witness the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we just thank you for this opportunity to be here and to be worshiping with you and to be praising your name. Lord, so many people are dismissed in our society. We look at immigrants, we look at black and brown communities, we look at uh, those who are differently abled, we look at um, all of these, these categories of people who are shunned by society because they don't quite fit what what society considers to be quote normal unquote but lord we know there is no such thing as normal you've uniquely created every one of us and each and every one of us have gifts and purpose and are divinely loved by you and so lord help us to be a people who don't dismiss others and when we are dismissed help us to realize lord that you would never dismiss us and that you have given us a place of honor even over those who have dismissed us. And so, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for your holy name. We thank you and praise you for your great love. We thank you and praise you for all that it is that you are doing in us. And we ask that you guide us to be more faithful to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I'd like to thank you for... Uh, for uh, you know, tuning in as always. It's always a pleasure to bring uh, these messages to you uh, week in and week out. Um, we are getting very close to Christmas. Uh, there will be a message on Christmas Eve for you. Uh, <coughs> um, that will uh, be on uh, at 8.30 uh, Eastern Time, which is right after our 7.30 candlelight service. I don't like to steal my thunder for the service, but certainly shortly right after I always have it posted. So you can check that out, and also next week, next Sunday, uh, there will be uh, another. Uh, there will be a, a Christmas, or yeah, following Christmas, it'll be a Christmas, uh, Sunday service, uh, where we'll continue on the series and conclude the series there. But in all things, friends, remember you are richly blessed. And before I even say that, uh, check out the episode notes again if this is your uh, main nourishment for the week, spiritually speaking. Uh, we could always use your help and do appreciate any time someone uh, decides to give out of the generosity of their hearts. If this is supplemental to you, by all means, support your church. But in all things, give with a joyful heart. And if you want to give it to us both, we will not argue, I'm sure. We'll be very much appreciative. 
but remember, you are richly blessed, my friends, uh, so that you may be a blessing to others. Go in peace. Mm-hmm.